Welcome to the Jackass Critics Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. I'm joined, as always, by Jackass Matt. And how's it going, Contavious Caldwell Brope? Oh, yeah, nice one to call out for our Detroit fans. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Might as well, because we're doing this one here in uh, the relative Motor City, the Tri-County area, as they call it. it we're, this is the first one that we're doing actually uh, live in the same house. Usually, Amazing. Usually we do this t- sort of thing over Skype. Yeah. Not looking at each other. Now I can just stare you down into uh-huh, your uh-huh. steely black eyeballs. I can already tell I'm going to win this year because I've already got you visually dominated from the, yeah. You think you got me psyched out. <laughs> I do. I do. I okay. like it. Okay. Well, and that and the I'm wearing my championship crown right now, so that mm. also is probably a little intimidating. Hopefully right. it doesn't rustle around and the microphone doesn't pick it up. But. So, so this version of Jackass Critics, the podcast, it, we will be doing our annual... Box office draft. So uh, the rules of this are Matt and I will go back and forth in a draft style, picking five movies that fall into our specific criteria. Uh, they must be released between May 29th and the first, uh, the Labor Day weekend yeah. uh, in September, of yeah. course. Um, we, we rank ourselves based on how much they gross within the U.S. between now Cumulatively, and uh, up till the end of September, the last week of September, yep, whoever yep. has the most wins the spoils. This year, the spoils are, as usual, a 12-pack of delightful beer-brewed beverages. We've had a lot of beer that gets queued up over the past few uh, yeah. uh, uh, summer box office challenges, and we finally paid it off and both brought considerable amounts of beer to our weekend festivities here. And the queue <clears throat> is now clean. Yep, we're even. We are, we are even Steven. We're and in typical it. jackass tradition, it would make more sense to uh, do this earlier so we could get the early <laughs> summer movies in, uh, the Memorial Day ones. Who uh, wants to make sense? But at this point, it's almost a funky tradition where we always get rid of the early ones. This year was Age of Ultron or whatever. Yeah. Huge yeah. winner. But That's true. Uh, well, we're talking about summer here. Summer hasn't officially started. True. We just passed Memorial Day. That's a good point. So good I point. think it makes sense to start where, where we are. I like oh. it. Yeah, I, I like, like it too. Um, we're going to skip past last year's results because nobody cares what happened last year. <laughs> Actually, I should say two years ago. We didn't do it 2014. We are back. Yeah. Um, okay. I lied. We'll talk about 2013's <laughs> results. For the first time ever, yeah. Jackass Matt did defeat me. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I had a good hit. And you, more importantly, we've come to learn, it's not even about the hits necessarily. It's about missing the flops. Yes. It's, it's like they say in NASCAR. You just want to avoid the big one. <laughs> and somebody hit... Uh, a big old puddle, if you will, if yeah. you want to keep extend the NASCAR algor- uh, analogy. Yeah, I, I hit an oil slick with After Earth, <laughs> which I shall call Will Ferrell's After Birth because his son was just so atrocious in that Will movie. Smith. That, well, Will Smith, uh, Will Ferrell. Oh, Will. <laughs> yeah, we, we only wish Will Ferrell was in that movie. It might have actually grossed more than $60 million. It is amazing. Will Smith is America's sweetheart. and uh, Was. Throw was. more Smith family members in. It's got to be good, right? And that's that's part of this, uh, this whole thing is figuring out who's still on top and yeah. who is no longer going to draw and there's a couple movies that I've been oh, bruising boy. on my list this year where I really wonder if the people on this list still have the box the legs. office draw the yeah. legs that they used to when they were in their, their younger I years. feel like you're trying to do a little bit of psychology on me already I've to try always. to flip my mind because I have a specific idea a movie in mind that you're mentioning oh but very interesting yeah. I, I think I think there's a lot of movies this year that I look at and I see um, either directors or ideas yeah. that are 
maybe past, uh, not past their prime, but their older ideas, and I wonder if it's still going to be something that people are going to go to the box office in droves for, and uh, whether they're going to be $200 million movies, $150 million, right. or yeah. that zone where it's less than $100 million, and we start to say, well, that's a wasted pick. Yeah, exactly. You know, it seems like we've learned after doing this a couple years, we want a couple, there's going to be a couple $200 million summer movies, if you will, uh, domestically. Uh, and then if you're the lower levels of your picks are each choosing five are yeah. getting a hundred million, you're doing okay. You don't want to get the situation where you get that, uh, pick anywhere one through five. Cause I think after, after birth was like a number three, <laughs> even, uh, unfortunately yeah. enough. But, uh, yep. if you, if you get stuck with a 40, 50, $60 million movie somewhere in there, you're in trouble. Yeah. After birth, uh, <laughs> I just say it like it rolls off the tongue so easily. It's meant to be. It is. After Earth, I, I selected that. It was a May 31st movie, so it was an early movie coming out. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan directing it, which should have been my first clue. <laughs> and even with all those legs, as long as it could stay in the box office, it still made just $60 million. So. It is surprising. And, uh, and you hit on all cylinders. I think the only one that was questionable for you was Pacific Rim, which just clocked in a little over $100 million. Yeah. It was your fourth pick. But then you came up strong with World War Z, which was $200 million. Surprising to both of us, for sure. Right. And I had the big pick with Despicable Me, which was yeah. almost $360 million. Man of Steel, $290 million. So I had the top two picks, but I also had... The worst two picks. For some reason, I thought planes yeah. was going to yeah. be like cars, but with planes, which perfectly it was. Perfectly reasonable. <laughs> it theory. was just not respected as such. <laughs> no, yes. Ticket purchasing-wise, it was not. Come on, people. And we do have a little faint echo of Despicable Me this year as well. Uh, oh, you noticed. Yeah, so okay. we'll see if that's still... But we'll get into that shortly. Right. So, as we always do, um, the winner of the previous year has the honor yes. of, of teeing off first yeah so in my little excel spreadsheet i'm going to move over to the tab that says 2015 okay and it is uh matt's name in the column this year wow. as opposed to mine for the first pick it feels good i hope it does yeah so uh matt i don't know if we want to do a drum roll here i think we're ready to tee this off All you right. want to go on the clock roger goodell can give you a hug and a kiss <laughs> i hope so and he'll fine you for two million dollars and then decide year. he made a mistake and it's nothing or whatever yeah just flip-flop suspend you for eight Flipper games flopper. All right. Um, you know, we, we obviously trash talk a little bit leading up to this, and uh, I don't feel there's a clear, like, super obvious number one. How do you feel about that? No, that's correct. I, I've i got two or three yeah. that I think could be contenders. I, if I had to make the pick that you're making right now, I know exactly which one I would pick. Okay. But at the same time, I, I don't feel like it's the definite number one. Okay. And I, I will also predict, I think my number one is not going to be what you would choose. So I, I also, not to get too okay. much into the minutia, but I suspect your preferred pick may still be available. Well, that's very interesting. Right. I'm curious to see where you go with this. And, uh, All right. got to promise to tell me if, I, if, I, if you pick your number one. Yeah. Oh, right. uh, I will let right. you know, and you will see tears shedding from my eyes. All right. So I guess it's, without further ado, it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of it. Rip it off. All right. So for the number one pick of the 2015 summer box office draft, and Tom is poised like a kitten ready to jump on a ball of yarn with his typing, uh, you might want to go down one row on the home keys because it's going to be – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I think the most uh, populous in the United States film this summer is going to be Jurassic World is my choice. So we've got Chris Pratt who uh, – 
love him or hate him, certainly is a big deal these days after the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, phenomenon, it seems fair to say. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about Parks and Recreation, he was maybe third or fourth most yeah. popular person because you can go down Amy Poehler, you sure. can go down Nick Offerman, you go down to Ziz Ansari, and then you have Chris Pratt. And that seems to be a fair, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, he has exploded in the box office. Is uh, good for him. Yeah. John Krasinski's at home just kicking himself like... I've been in killing the office for 12 years and nobody ever, I got what, that bad football movie yeah. to show for it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm hesitant about the remake nature of it. Sure. It's not a movie that I'm particularly excited about, which I think has been true for a lot of the summer box office movies that we've talked okay. about. Um, you know, we were younger when Jurassic Park 1 came out, so it was kind of a phenomenon, well, we a big-time thing for us. And it made a ton of movie, uh, it made a ton of money for its time as yeah. a movie, too. I mean, it, it grossed quite a bit in 1994, I want to say, 95. That's about right. Something like that. Yeah. Then Jurassic World came out, uh, Jurassic Park, Park 2, two. and then... The ill-fated 3 with lots of gymnastics and yeah, terribleness. Yeah, um, So, it's not. it seems like we should be in the sweet spot of what we should be excited about it and I'm not which gives me pause and I haven't really seen any advertisements for it as well I didn't yeah. note when it comes out I assume it's a is that right before the 4th of July it comes out June 12th okay so mid-June so here, here's what I wrote about Jurassic World and please um, it's not very far down on my list I actually wrote down it uh, it as number one however I flip-flop between it and what's going to be my next pick okay cool interesting several times and I'll, I'll tell you what yeah. that is in a second so what I wrote down here wow so Jurassic World with Chris Pratt Pratt hit the heyday, uh, the payday with Guardians of the Galaxy as we just talked about uh, there's a long history of Jurassic Park at the box office the first one was groundbreaking second one less so third one was forgettable at 180 million so that's yeah. I, I, I mean even if you hit that it's, it's not a total loss but it's your first pick it's true um, yeah this one has a relatively unknown director in Colin Trevorrow, mm. but it has everything else going for it. There's commercials around the clock. It's got a mid-June release, so it's got a lot of you know, legs on it. Yeah, it should be a good time. You've seen the commercials, right? I have not, actually. And I was almost going to mention, embarrassingly enough, looking back now, that I have not seen any commercials for it. So that gives me a bit of a pause. There's, but. there's a lot of commercials. And I have to say, one thing that gives me pause, and the reason I put it number two as opposed to number one, is something about it feels like Shark octopus versus sure. predator alien. Yeah. They, they got this big, huge fish-type animal jumping out of the water, you know, grabbing a shark uh, as its bait out of the oh air. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I wonder, like, these these dollar store CGI monster movies, Yep. how much does a Jurassic Park fourth sequel feel like one of those? How, how much distance is there between those, especially if Spielberg isn't involved. completely involved and yeah. we're not working off of the Michael Crichton literature? Yeah. Right, the first one was groundbreaking. Now we're on number four. Is it still going to resonate? I, I think it's still going to be at least a two hundred million. I, I wrote down three hundred million. Yeah, and I have two movies in that three hundred million dollar range. Is my prediction. Yeah. So I think you're pretty safe with this. Yeah, and, I don't expect I don't expect it to be a runaway hit like an Avengers four hundred five hundred million dollar domestic. Uh, I don't think we're going to see one of those in our time period that we're talking about. Right. Basically, and, and it is interesting. Really, from the hype when we were kids for Jurassic Park 1 was uh, Spielberg, Crichton, and even John Williams kind of was the big draws of the movie, more so than the stars. You know, we are Sam Neill and our Laura Dern, yeah. which all that stuff is completely reversed, like you said. Now, all yeah. the makers are just blind 
faces behind the scenes, and we have Chris Pratt and CGI as basically the main two yeah. leads, if you will. I, I, I can't even remember who else is in this movie. Correct. I'm kind of embarrassed. I, I looked but, over the names, and it, I, nothing a bell yeah. with me. So. so we sound like real awesome critics when we can only name one star of the biggest summer movie uh, that's coming out in 2015. Absolutely. Absolutely. And notice how I just said it was the biggest summer movie of 2015, and you agreed? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, not exactly. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm eager to hear your your pick if you feel we've gone to the well this one i feel is a pretty safe pick it goes back to the jackass matt philosophy of find a movie that the kids are going to enjoy and the adults too because that's how you're going to get a lot of a lot of skrilla in the box office Skrill is the word of the day. You, we should all go crazy. Those like a uh, Pee Wee herman and i think those dollars are going to roll in with minions okay all right oh Okay. All yeah. right. Well, based off your vocal tonality, yeah. you're like, oh, that that's nice for that is a the, nice little gift. Pick. It's a nice little pick. Maybe maybe a hundred. It's a great pick. For that. It's a great pick. Oh. It's gonna do really really well. So this is like the third in the Despicable Me, right? Right. And this one isn't even called Despicable Me. I don't True, think. True. Which so, is a negative, I would say. Wouldn't you? I I don't say it's a negative. Okay. The first Despicable Me made two hundred and fifty million. The second one made three hundred and sixty-eight million. As you know so well, and then they and then they said, "Let's get rid of this name that everybody's familiar with." Everyone is familiar with the minions. <laughs> they're familiar with those little orange dudes. I hear they're running around that. eating bananas, talking in their gibberish French language. And yes, yeah, Steve Carell, he's somewhat of a draw, but he's not. He's not an actor within the movie. He's a voice within the movie for a character. Yeah. But the reason everybody goes is to see how the minions are going to fuck something up. Agreed. I, Sorry, I hear, children. I always hear these, these hype about who the voices behind the actors are, and I don't uh, behind the characters, and I don't think that plays really any role whatsoever. Min- very, very minimal. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think there were some some name actors in this. I didn't write them down. I seem to remember hearing John Hamm was one of the the actors yeah, within that's this. So five and six year olds are really writing some yeah. letters to all, John Hamm. All those five and six year olds who just saw the completion of Mad Men <laughs> and are totally over that coke commercial <laughs> that Don Draper put together. Oh, did you just did you just spoil something? Did I spoil something that's three weeks old? Oh, perhaps. This perhaps. is gonna be a hot one. Uh yeah, actually I, I obviously so I, I don't think the I don't think the subtraction of Steve Carell is gonna hurt this one. Agreed. I don't know if it's gonna I don't know if it's going to make as much as 360 million, but if it makes between 250 and 360, or even if it makes just 250, I'm comfortable with the pick. So you're perfectly happy with them getting rid of the Despicable Me brand name altogether. Sure. Sure. It from what it looked like. So I saw the trailer when I took my daughter to see Paddington. Okay. There we go. I saw Paddington. Full, full disclosure. Appreciate right. that. I'm just whipping it. We out. keep it real here. It on the yeah. table. We yeah. keep it here. Um, and it looked almost like. History of the World Part 1, but with minions. Like, they were going throughout history of minions. Well, that sounds kind of fun, actually. Yeah, it, it does look like a lot of fun. At least that's what, what I remember from the trailer. Maybe uh, maybe the storyline is slightly different. And they come to New York at some point. That's what it looked like. Just like Jason Takes Manhattan. So that, that was one of the best Friday the 13th movies. But it wasn't. So moving on, Matt. Um, <laughs> we just ripped off your number one, my number two. Yeah. Um, you dropped a one, I dropped a deuce. Uh, what's your What's your trace? <laughs> All right. Well, I, um, as Tom mentioned, I'm a big fan, a believer of the power of the G-rated animated movie. Okay. Uh, and honestly, I had this as my number two overall. Uh, so you probably have a pretty good idea of where I'm heading. I think I do. And I'm betting on on 
this company, this very famous brand, returning to their former form, if you will. I'm just going to write this one in Go now. ahead and start typing now. You, you so the, the, I'm just going to type it in to get it out of the way. This is going to be the Pixar joint, uh, which I believe is called Inside Out. That was my number three. All right. I, I had that one clocked in at 200 mil. Want to go through it for us, Matt? Or? Uh, well, I'm curious now. Do you think it's... It, I think it's a pretty much a complete toss-up between Minions and Inside Out. I think Inside Out has a higher ceiling than Minions does. Really? I think Inside Out could be a bigger surprise in that it's a new franchise and from a very famous production house, if you will. Well, yeah, when it comes to sequels, there's that known quantity, yeah. right? And if something did well before, right. you assume that it also got traction when people saw it afterwards and they got that word of mouth if they didn't see it in the theaters. And so that's what you saw with Despicable Me, 250 then 360 so it grew because people really liked that franchise so there was some certainty with that with yeah. inside out right so what it sounds like this is a movie about is um somebody's head right yes and they've got all these personalities within their head and they've got all these great voices like amy poehler and um uh mindy kaling i think is in this as well uh yeah, bill hader right so it's got all these great actors that from a comedy standpoint, we all love. From an improv point, we sure. all love. Yeah, um, and I'm sure they can do great work for the kids. It's just, will it be quickly identifiable enough for them yeah. to make a lot of money? I, and I is, had it as my number three, so you're picking it in the right spot, I think. What I guess would give me some pause would be the fact that uh, with a Cars type uh, animation child franchise. There's lots of merchandisable stuff, which I think even drives the movie as That's true. as important as the quality of the film is whether or not you can get sheets with it and stuff. For example, a movie like Planes, which is so obvious that you can just <laughs> merchandise that thing and make $300 million if you're doing it right. Yeah. Th thanks, Target and Walmart. You should have yeah. sold more damn sheets so that people oh would have went and gosh. seen the movie then. So I don't know how merchandisable it, the Inside Out story is. I believe it's a young girl as our mm -hmm. protagonist, Maybe if you Maybe Amy will. Poehler's voice. I'm not totally certain Let's on that. Let's take a, ju a jump and mm -hmm. assume that. Again, we sound like bozos, but that's fine. So... That would be my one. We are jackass critics. Let's just point <laughs> that out right now. That, that's the, the name we branded ourselves with. So that would be my one hesitation about Inside yeah. Out, that it would not be a successful. But I, right. I do think, you know, we all understand that the Despicable Me franchise is going to be a big moneymaker. And there will be another one. Yeah. Maybe direct-to-video, but whatever. But at some point, we're going to peak, and then it's the next one's going to be less than the previous. Right. And that's my bet, is that that's Despicable Me is going to get a little less. And I think the naming is a big deal that, that it changed. But maybe I'm understating. I think people just, they just know the minions so well, yeah. it's not going to make a difference. And then I'm also gambling that there will be a chance that people, I mean, the, maybe this will be the new Frozen, where we get the strong protagonist. Oh, yeah, that's and true. And then it just becomes like a wildfire. Let it go. Let it go. Is that Jeff singing right now? I wish we had more people singing music randomly. Yeah. We I do wish have an interloper amongst us at the moment. We're, we're not alone. There was a semi-naked man running around with boxing gloves on yeah. uh, in my living room. I wish, but that was, I wish that was a lie. Let's just tease that. I wish we could say that wasn't the truth. So we have our Ooh. both our number one selected, and we, we have do. my number two selected. And I will say, that's a real strong top two. I'm feeling really good about okay. my number one and number two. Where, where do you think it falls after this? Do you have a very set in stone number four, if I were to miss on this? I'm just curious. No. 
No, at this point... I think it falls off after this, right? Yes, our, yes. our top three are the three movies we picked so far. We didn't look at each other's sheets, but we both agree that those are probably the top three grossing films. Yep. And now it's it's kind of a crapshoot. I've never been so uncertain from three to ten, <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And th- I, there are flaws I could argue about every one of my picks and your picks that you're going to make. Yeah. I can say something that I think means it's going to be bad or not as successful. Okay. Um, Thomas, oh, number geez. four overall. It does hurt. You, Tom's number two. And I haven't been writing these down. So I, I wrote down a movie as four, and I'm, I'm really not feeling it now. Uh, is this a last-minute audible? Are you going up to the line and you're going Peyton Manning? Slightly. No. See, no I'm going to stick with it. I'm right. sticking with it. All right. This is a movie that I've already seen some sort of advertising for. To um, call an audible, you'd have to feel good about where you're going is the problem. And I suspect <laughs> you're like, I don't feel good about this one, but there's no choice that I would feel good about going to. So. I am curious to hear if this is your number four as well. All right. um, hold on. The name is so long, I have to get out my script oh. so I don't screw it up. <laughs> Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Did I get the right one? It's not Ghost Protocol. That's the older one. That was my number four overall. That was your number four. Okay, I feel yeah. better about it. So yeah. Chris McQuarrie directs Tom Cruise, Jeremy Renner, and Simon Pegg. So we've got star power. We've got good directors, or at least directors who have who have done this before. We're not you, talking about you first show timers. that trailer, and lots of people are going to say, "Oh, oh, oh, right. yeah, I, I know, I know all those people." And so Ghost Protocol in 2011. So we're talking five years ago. In the winter, it got released in December. Is that true? That's yeah. Surprising. Yeah. It, it made 200 million. Oh, sorry. 210 million. Oh. Uh, in 2000, right? So we're going way back. The second Mission Impossible made 200 million. And, you know, Justin for inflation and whatnot. Yeah. So the thing I worry about this one, though, is what we hinted at the top of the hour here was exactly. that. Exactly. Does Tom Cruise still have the legs to run with this? He still sort of looks like the Tom Cruise of about 15 to 20 years ago. Amazing. He's, He's still, you know, hang gliding on leaves and doing all this crazy stuff. Those teeth, those teeth, man. Those teeth are probably what he's selling. Yes. Um, but is there going to be some backlash? And I don't know if. I don't think there's going to be backlash, yeah. but I just wonder if people are just sick and tired of him already because, right? It, we've we've thought about him since Top Gun, probably 1986. Yeah. Right. 86, 96. 2006. 2006. We're at 2015 right now. We're talking about a 30-year span where Run. this guy has been our action star. At what point do the wheels fall off and there's some generation that says, I'm not buying it from this guy? At least they have Jeremy Renner yeah. and Simon Pegg to fill some gaps on that. Maybe that actually helps him. Yeah, I think but there's already even some evidence that that is exactly the case. Uh, now, he recently did the sci-fi film where they repeat life over and over again which i don't know the name of but i know that was a tremendous that live die and repeat yes i knew it was three words but it actually has a real title and yeah. live die and repeat is the title that everybody it's like tomorrow something something See now you're a good call yes because at the front cover i've only seen the cover of the dvd and it says live die repeat Mother. but uh that is you're correct that's not the name of the movie information from us hey jeff do you know what that tom cruise live die repeat movie is really called nope Worthless. He doesn't even need pants to say no. If only we had some sort of technology where a third person in the room could actually look up Tom Cruise movies and tell us what they were called. If only. Guy can dream. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so I believe that movie made like $80 million, and I think it had a budget of 150 or $160 million. Um, it, it was an afterbirth sort of situation where yeah. I believe the budget was doubled. And I, actually what I heard is it, it was actually a pretty good movie from uh, mm-hmm. my coworkers. And yeah. I read a review or two that was actually very positive. It was, it was creative positive and it had a good, uh, good script. But 
it maybe Cruz is not enough. But then again, on the other hand, like you said, it's been 30 years. This is a known franchise. It's done fairly well. I could easily see it doing better, actually, than uh, Ghost Protocol. If Ghost Protocol only made $200 million, it's easily believable that that this will be higher than that. I would, would not be surprised at all. And Edge of Tomorrow is the movie we're trying to think of. Oh, nice. Written by Chris McQuarrie, directed by Doug Lemon. So, oh. I mean, we're talking about guys who've been doing a lot of yeah. Lot he of made big the things. Jack Reacher with McQuarrie as well, and that also was a yeah. huge flop. I think that only made yeah. like thirty or forty million bucks yeah. or something. And before that, he was in the the Matt Damon franchise. Matt Damon franchise. Uh, the uh, yeah yeah. Uh, born. 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 Born identity. identity. Born. Yeah. Born yesterday. Born, uh, born so. He did the first one of that, at least. And I, think that picked up some notes I will be. I would be more surprised if um, Rogue Nation. I had to look at my notes because yeah. yeah. Uh, I would be more surprised if it made like eighty million dollars than if it made like two hundred fifty million dollars. It's more likely to be a pretty big hit. Yeah. Now, and I didn't do this research, and I should have. But I assume have all of the Mission Impossible's been PG thirteen. Oh, I did not research that. Because an R would really crimp it. I, I assume they're yeah. really going for PG-13. Yeah, And then I, I unrated agree. DVD or whatever. I, I think if you soak that much money in this type of movie, you're not going to make it an R. Right. It's too action-y. Too action-y. And too much money, yeah. Too summary. And you want, reasonably so, I, I would say, just as a social commentary, 13, 14-year-old kids being able to go see that movie and have a good time and right. see people being beheaded or whatever. So on my list, I have one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And that's kind of where I stopped writing the numbers. Wow. And so far, we have crossed off one through four. So number yeah. five is still on my list. I'm curious to see where you go with this fifth pick. I, I don't feel good about any of this. There's some real oddballs out at there. At this point in time. Yeah. So from the pool that I have written down, there are movies that I li- literally don't know hardly anything about other than the titles. Um, there's some movies that are R, which I am extremely hesitant to pick mm-hmm. as a number five overall pick. Did you say Aloha just now? Should I just type that in? No. Oh. No, that was a sneeze. Oh. That was not okay. Aloha. I thought I heard Aloha. Uh, so we've got Aloha. the R-rated movies, and then pretty much the entire length of us doing this, I have had a running <laughs> philosophy that this was the year of the collapse of the comic book movie. Oh, the franchise of comic book movies. I, I don't believe I, obviously, it. Uh, obviously, Avengers is still, still ripping it off. I guess so. Uh, I guess there's probably... There's no... Batman this year, I don't think. At least right. not in the summer. There's no Man of Steel, no Superman. There was the Avengers movie. There's no single Iron Man movie. So a lot of the big ones you right. usually wait for yeah. that a lot of people plan around. Yes. Uh, none of those are really out there. You're right. I agree with that philosophy. Now, on the other hand, they're spreading oh. their wings out, and everybody was hesitant about Guardians of the Galaxy. It looked like a, a strange one. A talking raccoon is a tough sell, but it worked, apparently. So It's for kids. So, I mean, I have real, like yourself, I, I actually don't have a solid five. I okay. have one through four, and then I have my pool of picks. So I've got, okay. and I, I don't feel really great about any of these, but for lack Ooh. of a better option. I love the indecision here. This yeah, is great. I, my spirit is very broken. Riveting. Uh, I, I am going to go with, uh, gosh, I, and I don't even like the scheduling of this movie, by the way, but <laughs> I, I will go with Ant-Man as the number five pick overall and uh, my number three. So that's what I teased you with earlier. You uh, I was teasing you with, hey, that's my number one pick. Oh, I, I didn't know I was typing this to Matt. Um, 
Truth be told, I did have Ant-Man as a $200 million movie, so it's right in line with this spot. I actually yeah. had it as possibly more than Mission Impossible, but I also have it as being kind of a weird one. Now, the thing you can say it about Ant-Man, right, is a comic book i don't recall myself purchasing an ant-man correct yeah i i don't it's right up there with guardians of galaxy is in terms of the obscurity i I was almost gonna say it's up there with aquaman like who wants to buy freaking ant-man but i will say this it has some interested in paul rudd john slattery michael douglas there could be something to this but it could also be some cornball cgi thing comes out mid-july so it's not as bad as a late july i mean when i pick mission impossible that's july 31st he is, so, a, yeah, yeah. It's on the same weekend as uh, Trainwreck, which uh, I don't know is going to be a huge hit, but uh, mental games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's potential there. There's also some big stars that are poised to break out or whatever. Who knows? Um, who, but knows? who really knows? Who really knows? But it does have a troubled development history. I am somewhat of a comic book nerd, so I have been Ooh. at least paying somewhat attention to it. Um, you know, we've had directors come in and out of the project and mm-hmm. multiple scripts and all that sort of good stuff. Okay. And the teaser trailer, you know, I don't even watch every teaser trailer for comic book movies, but I did watch the one for Ant-Man and I thought it was very ineffective. looked very bizarre. Um, it didn't really grab me either. So, okay. um, this is one, un- you know, just mentioned with ghost, uh, not ghost protocol. Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I didn't think there was a way it was going to be an eighty million dollar movie. I thought for sh- yeah, much more likely it's a safe pick. Right? But I could see Ant Man being a sixty to seventy million dollar movie and just nobody like showing up. I right, know, right. But How much tolerance is there for the Marvel universe? You know, they've got the next sixteen movies planned out over the next eight years. There is some point where that has to be rejected, right? I mean, we I started rejecting so. Chuck Norris movies at some point, didn't we? America's on a lesser scale. <laughs> real sweetheart. Uh, oh. I mean, just it just seems like... And I don't know. I'm, am I a self-hating comic book nerd that I can't possibly believe that, you know, this thing that has been so niche and so tiny for so long of this idea of shared universes and paying attention to little details right. and watching them cross over. I can't believe all of a sudden my mom is genuinely interested in that. And she gets excited about that sort of stuff. Like it's crazy. It doesn't make there, sense to me. There are people at work that I talk to and like, Ooh, the new Avengers movie is coming out and I'm looking at this person. I'm thinking, right. When we collected comic books, when we were kids, yes, we knew all about these stupid characters and what the whole Marvel universe was. But now that's expanded you know, way beyond people who are actually reading the books. Now yeah. they're just getting introduced to this through the movie and they're just chewing it up and eating it up. And it's amazing. This idea of the minutia of this shared stuff being so important to uh, and common I mean, people. And it's all about the CGI because I think yeah. everyone, when we were younger and reading these books, we were always thinking, oh man, Arnold Schwarzenegger would make a great Colossus. If only they would make an X-Men movie. Yeah, sure, yeah. But can you imagine what that would have been like, say, in the early 90s? It would have been horrible. They would have spray-painted his body or something, and yeah. Yeah, it would have been really hilarious. Yeah, and now we look at it, and they can just CGI this to death to the point where it's as great as somebody's imagination. Yeah, as uh, good as he can portray in a comic book. You know, right. he can bring it to life, for, for real, yeah. And and now it's it's just all based off of how much budget can you fit into a two-hour movie to CGI some sort of story and how quickly can you get it out. That's really yeah. what it's become. It's funny. If you read, like, uh, interviews with Frank Miller, you know, kind of a famous comic oh, book yeah. guy and crossover into film now, if yeah. you uh, read interviews of him in the 80s, he talks about he loves the comic book medium because he can get 
camera angles that were in that time impossible, or he right. could set up scenarios that he could never possibly achieve in in a film, mm-hmm. and that was just a fragment of that time. And he's kind of dove in now, crazy with Rodriguez into like the Sin City stuff, because he can put a camera a thousand feet in the air, right. you know, virtually. And enact the scene as he had it in his mind. So, anyways, yeah. uh, we're really deep in the comic book minutiae now. That's okay. So that's our number uh, five overall. My my third. Your five overall. So I'm preparing wow. to laugh because anything you pick now, I'm going to be able to just mock. I assume so. Okay. For this next one, this is the one I had written down as number five. I wouldn't say it's a strong five though. It's a paper five. Okay, so this what you had this ranked higher than Ant Man, which you said was a two hundred possible million dollar movie. I did. At the same time though, I that was sort of a, a peak number, right? Because there's also risk to, uh, written into each one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a number of them that I have. There's a couple I have it at one eighty. This one I have at one fifty. I feel like it's a a rather safe one fifty. Interesting. And I'll go through it in a second. Have you heard of a little movie called Pixels? Uh, <laughs> you did not, really? I am ripping out Pixels like you can't believe. Well, first of all, I mean, you think you gotta you gotta believe that's a little early, right? You know, I would have left that ar- ar- alone. That is literally not on my you list. You would have left that alone? It was literally not on my list. You, what? what? what the, the world is rejecting uh, Sandler left up. and right. First of all, it looks so core. It looks like a forced. It looks like. What Spencer's gifts would do to try to fit in. Adam Sandler is making the Spencer gifts of movies. I am in shock right now. Okay, so Adam Sandler, Kevin James, and Peter Dinklage. Yeah. In a movie about 80s video games essentially attacking the Earth. And the people who are like the masters of these 80s video games, Sandler, James, Dinklage, and maybe a few others, right? Yeah. Uh, they're tasked with saving. They're our heroes. <laughs> Like yeah. the master of Centipede, the master of Pac-Man. <laughs> Dinklage comes in. I'm your Donkey Kong guy. Yes. He does his little dance. And even the guy that uh, invented Pac-Man shows up. Uh, have you seen the trailer? Yeah, yeah, I have seen the trailer. Oh, God. I was hoping you were going to say no, and I was going to make you watch it live. Because I wanted to watch your face while you watched it. The trailer looks terrible with Dinklage firing a little cannon. Uh, I don't care. Who's going to... So hey, you, Jeff, you're going to see Pixels, aren't you? Good. Oh, you're going to see it. As soon as you see a trailer... This is this is a jackass. Jeff, would you Jeff come over. watch a, the Pixels trailer and tell us on the podcast if you'd see it? Yeah, just watch it on your phone. You just have to say yes or no, or you can even give a thumbs up and we won't even say you don't have to talk. Riveting podcast, by the All way. Right, he said thumbs, <laughs> he said thumbs down. Thumbs down. Um, Jeff, come on, yes and this. This is. So I, I wrote down it's a total wild card. I'm shocked. Sandler doesn't do much in the way of action, although I think he's done a little bit before. So this is like a comedy action movie. I liken this to a Ghostbusters type movie where it's comedians in yeah. some sort of action movie and plus you've got the nostalgia from all the kids who grew up in the 80s on Atari and yes. those those stand up video games okay. right okay. it's going to pull in that I think it's a 150 million dollar movie it, which is around what the grown ups movies make with the same essential cast doing <sighs> a lot less alright right? plus the nostalgia factor which the is nostalgia a factor huge bonus. I think is pretty awesome I, I'm not saying this is a movie I'm yeah. going to rush out and see yeah but I think this is a movie that is at least a safe pick for $150 million. So you think that the 30 to 40-year-olds are going to be the ones driving it going yes. there? Because they were young playing there, there those games. They were like, oh, I was awesome at Pac-Man. This oh, is going to be hilarious. I don't know. I, I think it's going to flop. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have picked it at all, the whole, the whole I could have saved that. I could have sat you on could have Pixels. Saved, you could have saved on Pixels. I had that as my number five. It, it is believable. And Sandler, I mean, he's got more hits than misses. There's... 
you have to dig harder to fi- find bad movies well, like the the son-in-law one or whatever. But yeah, even like you no, said, the grown-ups movies. I don't know. Will make money. So the grown-ups movies did well, but anything Sandler has done that hasn't been a grown-ups movie recently, I think, is kind of flopped. Not really. Correct me if I'm wrong. The the movie where he was like his own sister. Jack and, and Jill, Jack which is Jill. comedic genius, by the way. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> it was Al really Pacino funny. comes in. Yeah. What's up with your sister? <laughs> Can I hit that? It's so weird. Al, my, Al Pacino wants to bone Sandler, <laughs> and they just play it straight. Let's play it straight. Um, it did sound like Al Pacino walked in the room just now. And, right? <laughs> yes, Mr. Pacino. Please. Good, good impression, Jeff. Yeah, and then there's the other one with... Um, Andy Samberg. Yeah, that's the son-in-law one. I forget what the name of it is. Enemy Sandlerberg. Yeah, and that was a, a big flop as well, in spite yeah. of the, the name power. Um, so there you go, Pixels. All right. Wow, I just I lined it up for you. That that could be my After Earth. No, well, I, I do think that I, I can see that one flopping. Yeah, I can see that one getting rejected. Uh, surprisingly enough. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to move on from that? Or yeah, uh, I am. Boy. You got that thousand yard stare like a veteran that just came back and saw some shit. I, <laughs> now, I, I think I just I, I was just introduced to this shit just now. Then again, whatever I choose, you're going to be able to laugh at as well. I mean, I, everything's I been. So. Uh, There's a couple on here that I think are, are going to be pretty easy. Probably ones that I should have picked. But I guess for lack of a better option, um, I'm going to go with. God help me. The uh, new franchise in the Terminator series. Oh. Terminator Genesis, I believe. Now it stars Arnold. Genesis. It stars Arnold in it. And uh, and it's Terminator. I mean, they've had one bad movie, I think, franch- uh, in the franchise, box office-wise. The one with Claire Danes. Yeah, what did I write down about that? And I, then, I had that sort of in this zone as well. But, I mean, Terminator 2 was one of the biggest... It was probably the biggest movie of my childhood, along with Independence Day in terms of the... It, it comes out the 1st of July. I wrote down for this one, oh, wow. it could go big. Yeah. The governator picks up the role he was born to play, a robot devoid of human emotion. Oh, are you saying... Is that a zinger? <laughs> it's so damn easy. It's supposed to be a zinger. <laughs> Take that. Um, in 03, Rise of the Robots made $150 million. So you want to adjust for inflation? We're in about the 200 range. Yeah. Salvation made $125 million. This one comes in safely at $150 million. Worth noting that Salvation already only made a cameo. Hmm. So yeah, right. There's all that to consider. And he, he but, is so old and doesn't really have any juice as far as movie goes yeah. at this point in time. He made... So you got to wonder, why did the other one fail? That one had Christian Bale in it, right? Yeah. So why did that one fail? Was it because Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't in it? If he was the yeah. main character, do you think that that would have been enough to draw people to the box office? Or are people like... Uh, I do have a theory. After Judgment Day, I don't really care because yeah. that was like the end-all, be-all of... You know, that's a great way to finish out the series. Yeah. Just a little bit of uncertainty, but a little bit of hope. That is kind of the, the, the filament, the fragment I would grab upon. And I actually, the Bale version... and. I'm going to give you my theory, but Please I, I will also punch holes in it. Um, the Bale reboot was very, very, very dark. It was a very dark movie. It didn't involve any hope at all. There really was... I thought it was endlessly, ceasingly oppressive almost. And it's Jackass it, Matt, are you telling me that Christian Bale decided to take up a dark movie? He went up. He went a dark movie, and they made wow. it dark. And there was also a bunch of... Uh, 
There we go, neighbor. Keep it out outside. <laughs> uh, so I think it was the marketing spun it as a dark tale that uh, was not well received. Whereas the return of Arnie is an exciting thing. It's going to be more upbeat and more positive. Right. I mean, Terminator 2 was pretty upbeat. We had Guns and Roses. Things are flying in the air. The, you know, semis are flying dark. in the air. It was metallic blue. It well, there was, was some darkness, but it was very it was upbeat. James Cameron. You could not get away putting in an upbeat Guns N' Roses song in the uh, Christian Bale Terminator movie. I think this is going to be... You think in the Genesis, Genesis, you're going to be able to throw in some Skrillex or some, <laughs> or some fat beats. You could drop a Jay-Z song into the Terminator Genesis. It's going to be so damn upbeat and ready for okay. today's audiences. Well, you, you got this going for you. The director yeah. of Thor The Dark World is the director of this. Which did surprisingly well. Everybody was kind of right. discounting that. Right. Alan Taylor is his name. So... Maybe got the right guy putting this together. Uh, do people care about Terminator? I don't know. Probably. I, I guess enough. It, it's a fairly safe pick. At, at yeah. this point, we can laugh at just about every pick. Yeah. I mean, I, I would propose the entirety of the success of it is based upon the marketing. Not the quality of the film. Not really the director. It's how well they can market Ernie and make it seem cool to go see a Terminator movie and not lame because it's old and tired and terrible. Right, right. Uh, which I guess you could say about any movie, really. I mean, it's the. Tr- I mean, what what do people have to go on other than the name of the actor if they know it and the trailer? I mean, there's and, not and a the whole history more of the franchise. If they're if it's a established type of deal, right? You know? And I guess I'm just looking at the downward trend, Arnie or not, and thinking. Probably 150 million, but that's also probably the ceiling for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it may be safe at 100 and 100 million, ceiling of 150. But who knows? I, I could be totally wrong. Um. So, we're really getting down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no the chaff here. No way that's getting above 150 God. million. I wouldn't bet on that. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're really getting into some stuff that's either bizarre geez. or, again, R-rated. But uh, yeah, um, okay. So I'm gonna pick a movie that is coming out next week. You want to take a gander at what this is? I'm typing it in now. Yeah. Well, hear the chair creaking as I. Uh, I spelled it wrong too. Jeez Louise! Too many R's in there. I remember my first beer. <laughs> uh, Entourage. Really. Shut up. Stop it. Another one not on my list. Another one not on your list? How's that not on your list? Because it's going to be like Sex in the City movie. Which made $150 million. I think... Is that true? And I hate that this movie... How much did the second one make? $30 million. Something. Okay. Well, I I had some of it written down here. Let me see. So I put Douchebags Rejoice. Oh, my God. Your show is now a movie. It's like Sex in the Cities, but for bros... Sex and is the that, City is movie made watches? 150 the first time around, and that was in 2008. Do, uh, do men watch Entourage more? Than, that's a yeah, man show? Yeah, I, I would think so, because it's about a bunch of dudes. Bros. But I assume they have pretty a, much like a, It's like a frat house on wheels, huh. and one of them made right. it big as an actor. That does change my a, outlook a little bit uh, right. in terms of that. I wrote it down as a $150 million movie. There's, there's a number of movies I still have in this range. Sure many of which have a little bit of risk built into them. There's one that I kind of, I really wanted to take with this with this selection, but then I'm looking at Entourage thinking, 
it could surprise. It could blow up. When it was on HBO, it was a very popular show. A lot of people well, were, were tuning in to watch it. Uh-oh. But, but an you're HBO, going to your computer like you want to prove it. Oh, yeah. I got, I got some stuff. You're distracting well. me, by the way. Um, isn't a lot of people for an HBO television show like 2 million people, though? I mean, I'll take it. If 2 million people go see that movie, you're making $20 million. If every single one of those people that tuned in HBO go excitedly to see it opening night. I think, I think you're going to get more. It also had a little bit of run uh, on TBS, maybe. Is that true? I think so. That's that changes things as well. Uh, you know the, the toned oh, down version, like what they did with Sex and the City. What, what I need to know is what Rose. else opens next weekend. Oh, what else opens next weekend? Yeah. Because I, I, um, I, I want to make a bold proclamation that I don't. I will bet you something that it will not oh, win no. the weekend. Well, I. I, I don't want to show my hand too much here. Insidious Chapter 3, okay. Spy, with Melissa McCarthy, directed by Paul Figg. I will bet you Entourage does not win its opening weekend, even. Oh, <laughs> the doubt is so strong! And I almost picked Spy with this pick, too. The doubt is so strong. Now, yeah. yeah. Is Entourage an R-rated? It must be an R-rated movie. I know Spy is an R-rated movie as well. The history of R-rated adults aimed... Summer yes. films, Sex and the City made 150 million. That that does very much surprise me. I keep holding on to this fact. Yeah, but the Sex and the City eight two years, uh, seven years ago. But two made like thirty or something. No, it? it made it made like, I think in the hundreds, but oh, okay. it, it didn't make well, as much. Again, if you're if you're in the hundreds for Entourage, you're completely happy. Oh. That's true. This is my fourth pick. Sex and the City two was 95 million overall. Oh, okay. Worldwide. So that's just a little bit under no, what I want to make. With Ninety-five this. domestic, yeah. I, I put that I think this one All could right. make one hundred and fifty, just like the first Sex in the City. Uh, and they are pumping it up. I've seen a lot of commercials for it. Yeah, at least in the channel. I have. I, I have actually seen a lot of commercials for that. I've never seen commercials for any of the movies that we've talked about previously. So apparently, you're right. They are aiming wow. it at thirty-year-old douchebags. <laughs> there those commercials. What are you saying about me? <laughs> I'm the one that's seen all those commercials. I've seen a ton of them. Yeah. Oh man, I feel. I feel like. It's over. I've won. Pixels and then Entourage. See, I, I got it in the bag. I feel like you're going to make a mistake with your next. Oh, you only have one pick left. That's All right, true. Terminator. What are you going to do with this one? Is there a Winnie the Pooh movie coming out you want to pick? <laughs> I got to dig into some old sky. I almost want to trick. I'm going to pick a fun one just to, just to throw a curveball at you. Okay. You've thrown, honestly, two curveballs at me. Really? Yes, with Pixels and Tauntarash. They're not literally not on my list. We'll talk about the rest of our list. Now I'm curious to see if anyone else has done box office predictions on any of this because I, I really want to see what other people did for yeah. Entourage. That is a little bit of a wild card, but I, I felt like, in a way, it was safe. Given the sex in the city history, I'll grant you that. So uh, what I'm going to go with, uh, is Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> it's got the hot Channing Tatum. Oh. And the first movie made like $100 million. Made 113 Yeah. It had a different director. Okay. Um, I'm not sure the Magic Mike audience involving hip gyration is going to care. <laughs> Can this guy film cut dudes that are gyrating their hips? I love how Magic Mike goes from being Magic Mike. Okay. And then the second one is XXL. XXL. Like, what the, what the hell? I, I couldn't bring myself to actually it, it, write The second that. one couldn't be just XL and the third one XXL. They are cutting it. What, what are they going to do for the next what? one? Uh, triple They back XL? in themselves in the corner. Did, oh, 
Never back him. Never back Magic Mike into a corner. So is Magic Mike like Milton Burl? He only pulls out enough to win. That's right. Is, just is just that why it's XXL the next time because he was XL before. That's true. You don't know how how many X's are involved. I did not see the first Magic Mike. By the way, I, I'm told that yeah, um, with strict confidence from other people. Yeah. Uh, not people close to me, but just in general that. Oh, even if you're a guy, you're gonna like this movie because it's so good. And wow, Soderbergh directed it. I usually like most of what he does, but he also surprises you with what he does. Yeah. He never—he's a wild uh, card. Other than the Ocean's uh, franchise, yeah. he really doesn't repeat himself very often. Uh, that's true. Um, um, go ahead with more Magic Mike. Yeah, I, I really want to hear uh, you going with this. It's a tough one to invest in, but really. Uh, that's a niche that tends to go to the movies. I assume we're talking teenage girls and women. Uh, the segment. We're talking about a stripper. Is this going to be an, uh, an R-rated movie? or? Uh, I, I wish I had notes on that, and I remember looking it up, yeah. and I don't remember the results. Awesome. So that's really helpful. I believe those that segment will do well and are going to be served by the extra, extra largeness of Magic Mike. I mean, it'd be false advertising if they don't deliver. Wow. So, Magic Mike Magic XXL. Mike. Now, you can tell me that that's going to make $50 million or $40 million, and I'd believe it's you. It's no surprise. It, How much it's not you... directed by Soderbergh this time around. There's a different director. So okay. Well. well, there you go. You said he never hits it and quits. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, now, I know you have projection numbers <laughs> on a lot of these movies. Did you have a number that you thought or a range what, what for Magic put, Mike? Did I put 100 on Magic Mike or less? I put 120 on this. So that's I thought it was going to do a little bit better. That's yeah. As the cap? A little bit better than the first one. Well, if, if, if I can get $120 million with my fifth pick, uh, that's going to be pretty awesome. Then you're doing okay for yourself. Yeah. Uh, Gregory, Gregory Jacobs is directing this. That it does it. Oh, it has Matt Bomer in it. Matt Bomer? Who was in... Uh, he was the main guy. The Neil Caffrey character from Blue Collar, USA show. Never oh. mind. Okay. Right. I, I watched that for you know. So this guy directed Criminal in 2004, uh, which grossed just under a million dollars. Okay, well, come on. Um, that's what it says on Box Office Mojo. So yeah. we're not talking about a seasoned vet. That was in 2004. So huh. he's, he's been sitting on this idea for a while, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or write a sequel for a popular movie and make money. That, that was his idea. He was wow. You just it, with that magic mic pick, you pulled out a a magic wand shaped like a phallus that put a smile on my face because I feel like you left oh. me an opening for any one of my mistakes that I picked previous to this. There's a okay, fair and enough. And I would like to amend that with picking Spy. Oh yeah, the movie I thought was going to be a toss up. So I'm picking two movies that are opening the same weekend. I'm yeah. hedging my bets. Yeah, yeah. Um and. And the rundown on that very quickly. So they're running a lot of previews on it. You've seen Melissa McCarthy. I seriously wonder when that train is going to come yes. into the station and just not run anymore. Blow up. Yeah. But uh, Okay, Bridesmaids, Paul Fig movie, Melissa McCarthy, $169 million. She was an important part of it, though not the driving force, but yes. But she was an important part, right? Yeah. But The Heat. Yeah. She was an important part of that. A very important part. Again, I would argue Sandy Bullock was driving the train. What? Sandy Bullock is still draws. Sandy Bullock is the Tom Cruise of women. I'm not so certain of oh, that. Man, that hurts. Okay. I think she makes good choices. Yeah. And she puts herself in a good situation. She's to an repeatedly artist. succeed. And I love the fact that she's still working. 
She makes small movies too, and when a lot of women her age are not getting parts, so it's such an asshole. You're such an asshole. However, (laughs) wow, the Heat made 159 million dollars, which I would say is strongly driven by um, our little Melissa McCarthy friend here. I will say Melissa McCarthy. So that's my zone right there. If I'm hitting, yeah. a, if I yeah. if I split the difference on that, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. It also has Jason Statham, Jude Law, Rose Byrne, oh, Statham, Fifty Cent. Oh, that's pretty exciting. From Gun. It may get. Have you have you seen Gun with Fifty Cent? I have seen Gun with Fifty Cent. Holy! I think cow. they made some of it in Michigan. Actually, that was budgeted. In Grand before. Rapids. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna sound like an. I feel, all, I feel like I just won with that. First thing. of all, I'll say. First of all, Vegas would have you as a leader, if you will, of that bet. Like it's odds are, it's more than likely that I like my fifth pick. Better spy than your will succeed. Pick. Yeah. This is this is the part where I use my intuition as an uh, an analyst, a professional analyst. Oh, you and get paid to analyze? I do. Oh, and. I'm going to use that intuition, that finely honed skills, and that wealth of facts and knowledge that I've gained over my illustrious career. I mean, mm-hmm. to say, I think Melissa McCarthy's welcome has been worn out. I believe the crudeness, and I feel like an old man with a cane when I say this, but the Heat movie and Identity Thief were both mildly funny movies, but they were. As crude as I Spit on Your Grave is to horror as those movies are to comedy. It's crudeness in Bridesmaids as well. I mean, she is known for pooping in the sink. That is what launched Melissa McCarthy's mainstream comedy career is the fact she pooped in the sink. She's kind of like the female Adam Sandler in a way. Where Adam Sandler does this very... It's not even uh, common man. It's yeah. just... Frat house or sorority house, I guess. It definitely not sorority house, but it would be <laughs> for Melissa McCarthy. Outhouse, I don't know. Yeah, it's lowbrow type of humor. It, it, it's Warner Brothers movies. As low as you can get or taking cartoons. taking the idea of a you know of a woman being of a certain gender model. Yes. And completely flipping that on its head. And there we go. And picking like the most crude. It, frat house probably makes more sense than sorority house yeah. because. She would be more at home in a frat house than a yes. sorority house. So, I think you're probably right, and I could see that movie making 150 million dollars. Awesome for a tenth pick. I'm with you though. I worry about the drop-off effect and yeah. how long the shelf life is on her shtick. Yeah, that's totally agree. Yeah, but there's good support. It it actually sounds like it may be more interesting. The Identity Thief movie had Bateman going for it, but it didn't really grab me in terms of a storyline. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, I'm a Sandy Bullock fan, but I really didn't like that Heat movie very much. But right, um, right. it is a topic and a supporting cast that is actually of interest, and I probably will see it, honestly. Okay. Out of everything that we've talked about, that may be one of the more likely movies I'll actually see. Out I, of I think Minions is the one I'm most likely to see. Yeah. Just because of the, the father factor there. Well, and the cool part, I saw the original one. I took my niece to see it in the theater, and, you know, really good child movies are written both for the adult and the child right. or whatever. So uh, I thought Despicable Me 1 did a good job with absolutely keeping me entertained. Yeah, and 2 as well. I just saw 2 recently. So uh, Okay, so we just wrapped up our, our picks. Uh, to go over them again, Matt picked Jurassic World, Inside Out, Ant-Man, 
Terminator 2 Genesis, and then Magic Mike Excel. <laughs> uh, for my picks, I picked Minions, uh, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, or Rouge Nation, depending on who you are. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pixels, Entourage, and Spy. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there's plenty of movies we didn't pick. Are, are there any movies you want to delve into? Are there any movies you are surprised yeah, didn't that, get, that did not get picked with yeah. my last pick? Well, I would say that probably the most obvious one is going to be the Ted 2. Uh, yeah. You know, I think yeah. we both left that off of our list when the original <laughs> came out, and it made, ended up making a ton of money. It was like the number three or four movie. I picked it one year. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, okay. and, and I actually had it as a higher-rated movie than Spy, and I probably should have picked it, but his second movie, and when yeah. I say him, I'm talking about um, the guy who does Ted's voice. It's Sean. Marky Mark? No, or, not Marky Mark. Oh. The guy who created Family Guy. Yeah, McFarland. Yeah, Seth, Seth McFarland. McFarland. Right, not Sean, Seth McFarland. His second movie, The the West, something about the West. Oh, yeah, this yeah, with riveting, Harrison Ford. And, uh, yeah. yeah, didn't do so well. Cowboys and Aliens. No. Something. <laughs> so anyway uh his second movie didn't do so well ted made 218 million dollars surprise hit Huge I, hit. I i almost had this i had this as picking 180 so i had it dropping off a bit it has tom brady it it has deflate <laughs> this one has tom brady in it deflating bear balls is what i put <laughs> sorry mr brady um <laughs> Yeah, I never saw the first. It did make a lot of money yeah. and helped me win one of my box office drafts. That's what yeah, I wrote it was here. Huge, yeah. I do worry about there being a drop off with this one, with it being one of these comedies that goes for the second punch and people yeah. just aren't into it. So, well, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the original. I saw it in the theater, I believe, twice, okay. uh, and I think I own the Blu-ray. So I'm when sure. it was announced, I was pretty excited about it. And, and you didn't pick it. You had five picks to pick, and you didn't select it. The trailer w was terrible. The trailer, honestly, is not funny. Um, and y if you cherry pick, you know, a trailer and build it, and it's not funny, and that's, it tells me it's a bad movie. It, I, it really ruined it for me. It, it disappoint, it disappointed me. The story is silly. Right. I mean, obviously, the story we're talking about is silly. So I just kind of made an ass of myself. But so there's a, <laughs> critics, but, so there's uh, a couple movies coming out this weekend because we're recording this uh, May thirtieth. Aloha and San Andreas. Yeah. I had San Andreas as being a possible... Could be huge. ...$100 million movie, but I also oh. look at it and I'm just sort of laughing at it in a right. way. Right, yeah. I have no idea how to read it. Uh, I, before I did the research on the dates, I actually had that on my list. Yeah. Uh, and as we were talking over like the week where I built the list, you know, obviously all the movies fluctuate up and down, but I will say, in all honesty... At one point, I had uh, San Andreas as my number. I thought it was going to be eligible for us before I realized it. And I had it as my number four pick above uh, Mission Impossible. Right. So I could honestly, I don't think it's likely, but that guy's likable. And it, it's a fun movie. And there's not a lot out. And the kids are getting out of school and all that jazz. Tri and it's going to be PG-13. The so. trivia nugget on this. Uh, director Brad Payton has two movies, both sequels. One of them is called... Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. I have that. I own that, yeah. Yeah. I like so just put that out there. amazing sequels of movies. Just put that out there. Yeah. Um, Aloha, Cameron Crowe movie. What? Is, is coming out this weekend. You haven't heard oh, of it? Oh. With Bradley Cooper and um, Rachel McAdams. So the whole Cameron Crowe thing, 
right? I, I used to be so invested in Cameron Crowe. Yeah. I used to love his movies, right? And then Elizabethtown happened, and it was just like a punch to the gut. I he was in that used. movie theater. Yeah. And, you know, it, in his book, uh, Nathan Rabin has this book called uh, My Year of Flops, and one of the movies he analyzes <laughs> in greatest detail, right? So he looks at these movies that have flopped, and he's yeah. trying to figure out... The common themes, or... It, yeah, is it a complete disaster, or is it like a hidden gem that people just didn't appreciate? Okay, sure. And he, he still recognized the flaws within it, which I did. I've watched the movie maybe twice since then. Even though I completely hate the movie. Wow, that's and a dedication. I've tried, I've You're looking to, for that nugget. Yeah, I tried to break down in my head what was just so annoying about it. And yeah. I think uh, one of the biggest problems it had was Orlando Bloom was just so... I don't know what he was in that movie. And I think he was just, just a horrible actor. I, I couldn't get behind him and the, the cohesiveness between him and the... the female character. The female character, right? Yeah. I, I didn't feel like there was a strongly developed chemistry, and I look back at some of the other Cameron Crowe movies, right? Yeah. And you think about Jeremy Maguire, and you think about Say Anything, and you think about um, Kate Hudson, mm -hmm. and how good she was in Almost Famous, and how like she just yeah uh, she made strong characters really strong. were built yeah. yeah, and you could you could feel the emotions between her and that that triangle yeah that she was developing right? yeah he does character pieces that you invest in emotionally right. or whatever yeah and i feel like orlando bloom just did not Couldn't carry, carry that. that and then there's we bought a zoo yeah and i felt like he bought the farm at that point <laughs> and this aloha movie it just reeks of the the feelings i had for elizabeth town and we bought yeah. a zoo and i'm just laughing when i see the trailers for it yeah um and then we've got uh, movies we talked about already. There's a dog movie called Max. <laughs> Trainwreck. So, if we, if we yeah. fast forward to July 17th, we have Amy Schumer um, and Bill Hader in a Judd Apatow movie, which could surprise. Yeah. Um, Judd Apatow seems to do pretty well for himself for the most part, although this is 40, was a trip and fall with 60, $60 million. But even from the previews, you could tell it wasn't extremely likable. Yeah. It, touchy, though, to pick yeah. a comedy if you don't have. Yeah, it, it does look like uh, a bit interesting. And again, this is another one that I probably would end up seeing myself. So I do think it has some potential upside to it, but uh, it seems unlikely that it would right. pop big or whatever. Southpaw? Boxing movie with 50 Cent. This is the second time we've mentioned 50 Cent, by Come the way. Come on, quit. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, 50 Cent, directed by Anton Fuqua. Uh, I had it down as 40 million, but I thought I'd bring it up. That's a big name. But So uh, where'd you have the Fantastic Four movie? That's coming out, right? I had that in that $150 million range. But the problem with that movie is the following. Yeah. It comes out August 7th, so it doesn't have a whole lot of trail time. Love, it's, yeah. it's sort of Runway left. I Yeah. Every time I pick something in August, I've I've sort of failed along the way. I, we always hesitate. And it's almost unfair. It, it's Too gamifying it a bit because they worry about that sort of thing. But right. agreed. Uh, August, A, is usually kiss of death and B, not as traveled. And the other two fantastic uh, four movies, yeah. 150 and 135 million. Yeah. Rise of Silver Surfer was the second one. It just doesn't look like the Fantastic Four movie franchise itself has the strength of the Avengers. I, I mean... I shouldn't say it doesn't look like that. It doesn't. Right. And I would say even when I was in my comic book phase, when I was a Ute, yeah. uh, I couldn't care less about Mr. Fantastic. Silver Surfer was interesting, but yeah. even that wasn't something I wanted to buy. They are, they are characters more designed for middle-aged people to read. I mean, they're a married couple living together with 
kids for a lot of it. I, yeah. I, I assume the movie won't have that, but for the comic yeah, and book And yet wise, they don't cast it like that, do they? Yeah, well. You know? I mean, Jessica Alba, she looks like every mom. She doesn't exactly have an eight-year-old girl daughter or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, the comic book really is aimed more towards middle-aged dudes to relate to. Um, but I mean, that would be the one. That would be the one that's remaining that I would say it's possible it hits two hundred million dollars. But again, that may not be within our right. our uh, the runway we have left between our deadline. But There's, I mean, it's possible that one could be a, a huge hit. Right. But I'm betting against comic book movies. Uh, yeah, I'm betting it's, against Fantastic Four in general if it yeah. has a stronger name. Um, Vacation. You heard that they're rebooting this, right? Yeah. I, you can't even call it a reboot. It it really is a sequel. With Rusty yeah. as the, the, the lead. new father, played by Ed Helms, John Francis Daly writes and directs this, and he was from uh, he was the little kid in Freaks and Geeks as oh, well yeah. as being on the No Reservation show, which I actually thought was a pretty decent first show. Some good, see, yeah, some good success for yeah. uh, younger the younger crowd is aware of him. Yeah. So Leslie Mann is in this. Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo actually have uh, cameos. cameos. In this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this looks like it could be fun. Yeah. I have it at 100 million. It it could also be a total flop. Right. But I think it's got the right name. Like I'm sure it. Vegas Vacation was a massive flop. Uh, it was, but I think that was also at the the tail end. Yeah, the Chevy last Chase. gasp. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm sure the elevator pitch for this movie went. You know, we're gonna get Chevy Chase, so we're gonna get people that saw the original movie, the 40 to 50 year olds. And then we're going to have Ed Helms, so yeah. we're going to get the 20 to 30-year-olds. This is going to be great. We're going to get entire families going together. I could see like the Christina elevator Christina Applegate's pitch. in it as well. She plays the wife. So you get everybody across <laughs> the, the boards buying into that, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, but it almost seems artificial in that sense where it's designed such that it's designed for marketing success more than anything right. else. But, and uh, let's see, what else funny. here? Masterminds. Jared Hess of Napoleon Dynamite directs Galifianakis, Wilson, and Kristen Wiig. Oh, impossible. What is this? A night guard Did you make that up? At an armored car company in southern U.S. Organizes one of the biggest bank, hikes in, bank heists in American history. No. The man from UNCLE, Guy Ritchie, is rebooting Man from UNCLE. No, is that true? With Henry Cavill and Arnie Hammer. Oh, box office Viagra. It was easy to say six years ago, Ritchie was buried as a director yeah. and then he steampunked uh, two movies uh, Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. and Sherlock Holmes 2 this one comes out in mid-August though it could make some noise um, I mean those were directed really neat uh, yeah, but those were successful because of Downey Jr. right I mean I think that helps a lot because when you see him and Jude Law interact in the trailer there is just obvious chemistry fun. there and yes. everybody digs the personality of Robert Downey Jr. So whatever he's in, if he's featured and it looks catchy in any sort of way, yes. that helps. I, there was before though the Iron Man explosion. So I don't was it was it? I it, thought the first I one thought it was two thousand eight. I said six years ago, so let me do the two thousand nine, so one was Iron Man. It was before then. Okay, if you say so. I think so. And then the last one I have no. on here. Send us out on a high note. Straight yeah. out of Compton. Coming out ah! August 14th. <laughs> yes. A music biopic, which I have making probably 30 to $40 million, but it's worth noting. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. A biopic of NWA, while Amazing. most of the rappers are still alive, other than Eze, of course. Yes. Ice Cube is producing this. Yes. Um, you had me at Straight out of Compton. I, I had you there. So the movie Ray made seventy five million. Jamie Foxx got an Oscar for yeah. it, and that was right. That that was kind of a big deal. Yeah. So I don't think this is gonna make it. 
Unless the guy who plays Easy E gets an Oscar nomination. <laughs> or gets shot before the movie. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I can't say that. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Touchy subject. But what what really could take off of this movie is going to be the, for lack of a better term, the grassroots marketing or like the word of mouth. Yeah. You're going to have Jay-Z out there talking about this movie. And, and is that enough? Well, I think that could. I think that could cause it to get a seventy, eighty million dollar pop. I, is Jay Z gonna be marketing NWA? Everybody's gonna have to do shout outs to this movie. Right. It's like really? a shout out to the how things so. were. I mean, would somebody complain if there was a Grandmaster Flash biopic? I mean, everybody loves NWA. I mean, they're pioneers. <laughs> East Coast and West Coast together all have to love NWA. You listen to their stuff now, and it's still controversial. It is. And Jay Z's gonna get up there and start. Pumping He's the gonna mic for shout it. out some love to them, of course. Jay-Z, I don't look at as controversial. Well, I look at him as avoiding the controversy. First of all, dude, he's part of the Illuminati. He does all oh, the signals and everything, so he's already pretty controversial. He's the Z of the Illuminati. That's yes. true. He zigzags and keeps it all together. Yeah, right? they have the all-seeing eye and all that stuff, so he doesn't want to shy away from controversy, Tom. Okay. No, that's a good. That's an interesting pick, and I, um, <clears throat> I did minimal research in preparation for this, obviously. Uh, but I did find one page that listed a few predictions, and it predicted uh, the $30 million for uh, Straight Outta Compton, okay. which you mentioned. Interesting. And you use actual science to figure that out, but I Absolutely. just read other people's there's, there's chemistry that's going on there. Yep. All right. I think with that, we will wrap. I think Jeff just coughed and said he was not going to go see Pixels. He watched the trailer on his phone. Jeff, you didn't say that, did you? Did you watch the Pixels trailer on your phone? Well, you oh my God. Yeah. Who invited this Thanks, guy? Thanks, Jeff. Wow. So, like much, so much for our studio audience. <laughs> okay. Well, Matt, thank you as always for recording Cheers, this Thomas. with me. You have a good one. Don't you dare lose this recording.